0: Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. It's what's on the inside that lets us know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. It's on the inside that lets us know that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will carry us through. It's what's on the inside that lets us know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It's what's on the inside that lets us know that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Run and not get weary. Walk and not faint. It's what's on the inside, the treasure that's inside these jars of clay that allows us to keep going forward. Father, King of the ages, there is none like you in all the earth, Lord God. Father God, I come before you asking that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord God. That it will be able to lead those who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior into a right relationship with him. In the name of Jesus, the great I am, we pray. Amen. I want to talk a little bit about treasures in jars of clay. Treasures in jars of clay. I I kind of marvel at this concept of putting something extremely expensive into something that is worth less than what's on the inside oh, wow. when something very expensive is going on, and then you put uh something on uh you put it into something or whatever's holding it mm-hmm. costs way less than what uh it's holding uh, if, uh several hundred dollar phone Mm -hmm. Uh in a $15 case. (laughs) 80 inch plasma screen TV in a shotgun house. (laughs) 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 When you got something that is extremely expensive and you have something Holding it that is not mm. treasures in jars of clay when Paul is talking about that it's a, it's a dual meaning behind it uh, but uh, he's talking about these treasures that are stored in earthenware vessels uh, during those times wine was a very common drink of choice they crushed the the grape down and and served it and and they put this even though certain markets depended upon the wine they put them in a pretty plain jar in order to hold it uh, they called them amphorae and they were these mass marketed beverage containers that were used in the ancient world during the biblical time it was these these hand Uh, these handmade clay jars with two handles on them. And and Greek and Roman merchants used this to transport wine. Sometimes uh, they were glazed and had all kind of fancy decorations on them. Those was for the rich folk. But it was still the same clay jar. They just put a coat of paint on it. Um, uh, But most were not. and, And had been made from just plain old red clay. And these jars could weigh almost 100 pounds when filled uh, with wine. And and the sailors would stack them on top of each other and put them in ships and tie ropes around them and and, and through the handles in order to stabilize them. And once uh, the Amorphae had uh, been delivered to their destination, everybody did what they do when they get a bottle full of a little something-something, they drank it. (laughs) But once they'd finished drinking it, nobody bothered to send the empties back. Uh, It didn't make sense to ship something like that back. So what would they do with these big old clay jars? Smash them. Because they were cheap to make. The wine that was inside of the bottle or the jar of clay was more expensive to, uh, than, than the, the, the clay jar itself, and so I'll just get a new one. Uh, there's a joke about a particular brand of, of, of uh, sound engineering consoles. When I was working with, in audio engineering, there was a particular brand, and I won't say it out loud, but I'll just say that we called it the Pinto of soundboards. Right. Yeah. And you could buy them for a relatively extremely cheap price. And when they broke, you wouldn't bother sending it to the shop to repair because what it would cost for the engineer to open it up and look at it, you could have bought a brand new board. Yeah. Yeah. So it was more economical to just throw it away and get you a new one. And, and so that's what they did with these. Uh, clay jars Um, they would smash them and there was a a hill in Rome where uh, near the river Tiber called the uh, Monta Tescacito and it's more than a hundred feet wide or a hundred feet tall sorry and almost uh, a mile wide it's not a natural hill at all there's no dirt on this hill Mm -hmm. it's a trash heap And it's composed of the broken clay jars from during that time. A hundred feet tall, almost a mile wide of broken wine jars. That's a lot of wine. Then you have other bottles where you have something more expensive on the inside than what's on the outside. Uh, uh, there are people that uh, who get into wine and all of that. I'm not into it uh, like that, but they regard their Bordeaux as treasures. There's a 1941 bottle of Bordeaux that they say sold for almost $25,000. Not because of the bottle, but what's in the bottle. Uh, then there's an Inglenook Cabernet Sauvignon in, in Napa Valley that sold in 1941. That, that was, um, was twenty four thousand six hundred and seventy five dollars, and it's regarded as the most expensive bottle of American wine ever sold. Wow. And, and and now it's now uh, the the Francis is owned by Francis Ford Coppola, who says to keep one of the empty bottles on the top of his refrigerator and he said, uh, it's the best wine bottle of wine he ever had. And they asked him how it tastes. He said, it's a signature violet and rose petal aroma that completes the amazingly well-preserved, robust wine that had just finished it and, and uh, finished full fermentation at the time of Pearl Harbor. Wow. Wow. And the price per glass of this bottle that he had kept on was 4,100 Thirteen. I think I might need to sell wine. <laughs> you know, I'm not. A, I'm not a wine drinker, but I think I might need to sell it just based on the way this. And, and then there was another one, Chateau Margaux, which sold for two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. And it's it's uh, resides in the most expensive uh, bottle of wine that's never been sold. The person that has it won't sell it. But in 1989, uh, the bottle collided with a tray at a wine dinner, and a New York merchant uh, collected $225,000 from insurance. He wanted a half a million. Uh, But they claim that this bottle of wine had once been owned by Thomas Jefferson, something that is expensive on the inside being held by something so fragile and frail whether we are talking about a red clay pot from uh, the, the biblical times or a glass in the 20, uh, 20th century, the glass of wine or even uh, them little polyurethane bottles that we put the bottled water in and the soda in and the pop in, the disposable beverage containers, the container itself is of little consequence. It's what's on the inside inside. that matters. It's what's on the inside that holds the most interest. And it's it's what's on the inside of the container that makes us pay attention. The outside is only a flash in the pan. It's sometimes common. It's what's on the inside that really matters. Can I make it plain? When you're looking at somebody and they all tall, dark, and handsome. And they, they they built like an NFL football player. And they dressed nice and they smelled nice. And they got a nice haircut. And then you get to know them and find out they are as crazy as all outdoors. The outside caught your attention. But the inside made you change. When, when there's somebody that's shaped. Like a Coke bottle and every time she walked by you stop and pay attention and stop what you're doing but when you get to know them you wish you'd never met her at all. It's what's on the outside that caught your attention but what's on the inside is what holds us. And 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 in 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, that is what the Apostle Paul is talking about to these people at the church of Corinth. He's talking about what's on the inside needs to matter to you more than what is on the outside. Because what is on the outside is frail and fragile and passes away and is common. And you can find that a dime a dozen. You can throw a rock into a crowd and hit that. But what's on the inside is what we are to be focusing on on yes. ah uh, the second uh, Corinthians four through seven uh, the scholars say that this is this disposable clay be- uh, beverage container is what Paul had in mind when he said that we have these treasures in earthen vessels we have these treasures in clay jars so that it may be made clear that the extraordinary power that is within us as human beings belongs to God and does not come to us, come from us. Uh, Corinth was a major port. There was a lot of shipping going to and from Corinth, and I can imagine at the ports of Corinth that the harbor was stocked with high to the hundreds, maybe even the thousands of these clay jars waiting to be loaded onto ships. And and we can imagine the apostle remembering these clay jars and, and knowing that distinctive sight well as he writes to The Corinthians. It is a visual aid that the people of the time know well. And and, and the ancient Amori, that held these clay jars, held treasure indeed because wine was a major source of wealth for the people at that time. Uh, It was more than a beverage, Uh, it was liquid wealth. You have these people who are based on an agricultural society, the, the, what grew up out the ground, and what was in the ground is what made the people of this time wealthy. And they had to figure out a way to use what it grew up in the ground and made them wealthy in order to get it out to the other people so that they could obtain this wealth. And so this grape was very important to the people, but they had to figure out a way to ship it. So they decided to squeeze the grape down, and, 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 and because the, the, the grapes themselves, you can't ship grapes overseas. Not No, they can't travel that far. Today, we don't have that problem, but back then, they had that problem, and so they would ship the grapes, and, and, and we, we don't have refrigerated cargo trucks and all of these things to do that. And so they would crush these grapes down, Put the juice in, let it ferment, and and, and wine is perishable, but it's not as perishable as a grape. It's less susceptible. And so these vineyard owners were shipping this wine and using the technology of winemaking coupled with these cheap jars and putting their valuable treasure into something cheap to carry it around, treasure inside a jar of clay. They made their living off of making wine. But in order to get that wine from point A to point B, they had to put it in something cheap. What was on the inside was greater than the container holding it. Many, uh, 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 many people at the church were, were, were boasting and this was why one of the other reasons he was talking to the church at Corinth. I, I find it interesting that the the these these, you know, we look at the Bible for heroes when we ought to look at the Bible for friends. Amen. People who have gone through what we going through. I heard one pastor say at annual conference, the Holy Spirit came and, and the church got together, and then the very first thing the church people started doing was arguing about food. In Acts, yeah, go go read Acts after after uh, chapter two and see what goes on with that. But these the the church at Corinth they were boasting uh, about their abilities and their qualifications. And so because they were boasting about their abilities, their qualifications, I know we're both in the church, but I ought to outrank you because I've been in longer. Just adjusting the mic, that's all. Uh, I know we're in the same church, but I got more degrees than you do. I know we're in the same church, but I think I look better than you. I know we're in the same church, but I got all of these other things going on. And so when Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, he was letting them know, no, it's not what is on the outside that matters. It's what's on the inside that matters. And God's glory is not based on credentials or status or abilities. This, this, the, the thing that God has done for us is based upon grace. None of us have gotten what we deserve. None of us have gotten what we earn. If we got what we deserve in hell, we would lift up our eyes but he who knew no sin took on sin for the rest of the world so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. So what's on the inside of us, I am crucified with Christ. Yes. Nevertheless, I live. It is not I who lives, but the Christ who lives in me. What's on the inside yes. is better than anything that is available on the outside. Yes. Yes. Ah, God loves us because while we are sitting in these earthly bodies, uh, this, These jars of clay, if you will, this ashes to ashes and dust to dust. God loves us, and because we are in these earthly bodies, which are somewhat common... Uh, There is something more valuable on the inside, and what is on the inside of us allows us to do things that we never thought we would be able to do. What's on the inside of us is is what allows us to press forward when we face these hard times and keep putting one foot in front of the other. putting more step one step in front of the other and getting a little pep in our step as they say and a little glide in our stride because what's on the inside allows us to press forward when many people would have given up when many people would have lost their mind when many people would have given up on it all it's what's on the inside that lets us know that weeping may endure for a night but joy will come in the morning. it's on the inside that lets us know that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will carry us through. It's what's on the inside that lets us know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It's what's on the inside that lets us know that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, run and not get weary, walk and not faint. It's what's on the inside the treasure that's inside these jars of clay that allows us to keep going forward. Uh, It's what's on the inside that's greater than the container that holds it. It's what's on the inside that allowed us to go through slavery in the Middle Passage. It's what's on the inside that allowed us to endure Jim Crow. It's what's on the inside that allow us to endure anything that happens at any presidential level, any governor level, any mayor level. It's what's on the inside that keeps us going. Uh, We ought to be able to confront... And endure and overcome the hardships because we serve a God that, through His Son Christ Jesus, overcame death. Ah, uh, you take something bad and turn it into something good, and th- that, as one pastor would say, that means he takes the good thing okay. and the bad thing yeah. and puts them together okay. and works it out for your good. That means yeah. he takes the bad thing. And The good thing And puts it together And and makes it work out for your good And that means he takes the good thing And the good thing And puts it together and makes it work out For your good and then takes the bad thing And the bad thing And puts it together And it still works out for your good For this we know that all things Work together for the good of those Who are the called and love God According to his purpose It's what's on the inside that matters. Ah, yes, and the Corinthian experience is a little bit different uh, than the ancient Israelites and remarkably different than that of Moses during these times and rather than meet God on a mountain or in the wilderness the disciples have come to see and know the ancient of days through something that Paul told them. Ah, uh, he lets them know that his companions, Paul and his companions, carry these treasures in the clay jar. And, and, and this reflects to God's wisdom so that it may be clear that this extraordinary power, this thing that is on the inside, you didn't do anything to get it. You didn't do anything to earn it rather. You didn't do anything, you didn't you didn't pass enough tests. You didn't get enough degrees. You didn't come up with enough money. You didn't work the right job. You didn't get in friends with the right people. You're not on the VIP list with an armband. You didn't do anything. This grace is unmerited favor. You do not deserve it. But God gives it to you willingly and freely. It's only yours to accept. you All you got to do is accept. Ah, this extraordinary power. open the eyes of the blind, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to set the captives free. It's within you. In light of the obstacles that these people are facing, no matter what is going on, he lets them know that they are always carrying on the body of the death of Jesus. And even so, their ministries will regularly encounter opposition. And, 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 And even though they encounter the opposition they are still to spread the gospel. I say it all the time, and I'm going to say it again. Being a Christian back then, well, they, they called it a follower of the way, but following the way, doing what we now call ourselves Christians doing, you were going to be met with obstacles. Yeah. Paul came to towns talking about this gospel of Jesus Christ and got hands put on him got beat up, got locked up, put in prison, left for dead, but he still preached the gospel. Every one of the disciples ended up dying some pretty horrible deaths. It was about a good 300 years before it was even legal to be a Christian. But they pressed in front of that. And because they were able to press forward in front of that uh, I can press forward through my trials and tribulations I can press forward through my time of need Th- these things are happen because these are servants who have willingly answered God God's call to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and if they can do it in the face of death and persecution and, and beatings and tortured and being boiled and being crucified upside down. If they can continue to talk about I love Jesus and Jesus died for your sins through all of that, I might can put up with somebody that might be homeless. Oh all my all my amens went Where the, amen lights. Amen. Like if they can if, if Jesus can endure the cross, I might be able to endure a funny smell. If if, if these people can endure persecution, I can use that to get over my potential embarrassment about making somebody uncomfortable about sharing the gospel with them. Because what's on the inside is greater than what's on the outside. And because what's on the inside is greater than what's on the outside, I should be able to press forward. And that's why Paul doesn't preach himself, but he preaches Christ, He knew that he was but a weak man But in Christ he is made strong He acknowledges his own weakness against God's glory We ain't supposed to be able to figure it all out ourselves If we could do it all ourselves What would we need God for We could all just pack up and go home And go get something to eat Wouldn't be no need to have a church If everybody could just figure it all out on their own And work their own way into heaven we wouldn't need nobody else. Amen. But he who knew no sin yes. came down and took on all the sins of the world. Lived a life that we could not live. Died a death that we could not die. Became a perfect sacrifice. He laid down his life willingly for us so that we could have access to the kingdom. That we could have access to, to heaven and have access to life and life more abundantly Jesus was willing to suffer and because Jesus was willing to suffer we should be able to endure and we should be able to endure because what is on the inside is greater than what is on the outside and what is on the inside comes from a man making a perfect sacrifice coming down through 42 generations living the life we couldn't live and going to Calvary and dying for every one of our sins this what's on his side comes because that is not where the story ended he died but three days later he got up with all power in his hands and because he was able to do that we should be able to press forward in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook.